Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Chloe Rogers, and I'm the Digital Engagement Director here at Rolling Hills. This week, we're celebrating Palm Sunday and going deeper into our Easter series. Specifically, we'll be acknowledging the incredible sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Jesus stepped down from heaven and experienced every sort of infliction and difficulty man will ever face on earth. Though he was perfect, he bore the weight of every last sin any of us have committed and are going to commit. The cross bridged the divide, but it came at a price. Now let's dive into scripture together as we give thanks to our just and loving God. Who is this Jesus? He claimed to be the savior, the one the world had been waiting for. His arrival was celebrated, but then everything changed. He was rejected, despised, tortured, crucified, buried in a tomb. Yet in this act, the work was revealed. The promise was fulfilled. He defeated death, rose from the grave, and the world would never be the same. Who is this Jesus? He is who he said he is. He is our savior, our hope, and he is alive. Good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together. Welcome right here at our Franklin campus. Welcome everybody who's joining us online today. So glad you're here. It's Palm Sunday, right? And I love this, the start of Holy Week. And man, what a special time. I just love Easter. I got to tell you guys, I love being at church. I love worshiping. I love celebrating. I love family and friends. I I love everything about Easter. I love it's spring, right? And just the new bloom out of in winter and just the deadness, and now we've got new life. It's just this whole season. It's just such a joyful time for me, right? You know, baseball starting, basketball playoffs, the Masters. I mean, all that, right? It's just like right here is a great time. It's Easter. It's such a celebration. Now, in our culture, this time of year has become about a lot of other things, right? Easter's become a lot, a lot of different things, and whether it's Easter bunnies or whether it's Easter egg hunts, and those things are fine. They're, they're okay. But, but I saw the other day, I saw this, that there's peeps, right? right? So we've got peeps, but as I mentioned last week, there's now all these kind of different flavors of peeps. I don't know if you know this, but there's cotton candy peeps. So, like, that's a big gross right there. But anyway, uh, there's also caramel mocha peeps. So if you want to have some with your coffee, I guess in the morning, you can have that. There's also party Peeps, right here, party cake, peeps. And then this is the one that kind of got my attention, and I don't know if you like this, but hot tamale peeps, okay? (laughs) I don't know. That's a little scary to me. Uh, But maybe if you want to try it, I will have it for you after church right here. So if you (laughs) like that, you can take it home, right? But, you know, that's the thing, right? Easter's become about a lot of different things in our culture, right? It's become about peeps or you know Cadbury eggs or all these different things but but what I want to tell you and just encourage you and I'm so glad you're here today because Easter is about Jesus right it's Jesus that we celebrate Jesus is the one who's come and changed the world and just like Christmas can get hijacked by culture right and go a different direction but it's Christmas Christmas it's Easter and we celebrate Jesus and so I am so glad you're here because we are going to worship him today talk about him today we're going to start Holy Week off with Jesus. And we've been talking in this series about to know and follow Jesus. And we said, who is this Jesus? And we saw the first week of this series, Jesus' claim. Jesus claimed to be the Messiah. 
I mean, literally, all the Old Testament prophecies, Jesus came and said, I am the fulfillment of it all. I am the Son of God. I mean, he made it so clear, not just that he's a great teacher, which he is, right? Not just he's a prophet or, you know, a great moral leader. No, no, no. Jesus goes, I am the Son of God. And as C.S. Lewis writes, you know, he says, Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. And you got to make a decision. What do you believe about Jesus? 2,000 years ago, now today, there's over 2 billion people who would say, Jesus is Lord. How about you? How about me? We all have to make a decision. Jesus claimed to be the Messiah. Then we saw Jesus' death. Right? Jesus was handed over uh, to the religious leaders, and, and he was put on trial for blasphemy, saying that he was the Son of God. And the religious leaders back then found him guilty, and then they handed him over to Pilate, the Romans, because the religious leaders, they couldn't have capital punishment. So they handed him over, and we saw this just face-to-face encounter between Pilate and Jesus. And Pilate, this Roman official who's struggling like what do I do? I, I believe he's innocent. I, I, I've seen him, you know, and heard about the miracles and all these things. And he had this moment, even his wife said, have nothing to do with him. He's innocent, you know. And Pilate, in that moment, you're thinking, follow him. You know, trust him. You know, you've got this opportunity. But it says, wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate handed him over to be crucified. And you just think, how many people in our world have missed Jesus because they're wanting to satisfy the crowd, right? I want to go all along with all culture says. I don't want to get caught up in all that. No, I'm just going to miss Jesus, the hope of the world. And then today we're going to see this, the sacrifice. The sacrifice. Jesus came into Jerusalem this Palm Sunday, this Passover. The Jerusalem has swelled over 2 million people. And he came in on the back of a donkey. He came into the cries of the people saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But four days later. That crowd will start to chant, crucify, crucify, crucify. And you're just thinking, how can I be a person who stays faithful? How can I stay, be a person who sees Jesus and what Jesus has done in my life and in my family and in the world for the glory of God? How can I be a person who worships him in the good times and the tough times? When we begin to understand the sacrifice of Christ, everything in our life changes. And that's what we're going to look at today. So if you have a Bible with you, I invite you up with me to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 15, Mark chapter 15. In our series, we've been in one chapter, man. We've just been unpacking it, and it's so good. We're going to be in Mark 15. If you're online or if you've got a mobile device, you can go to the Rolling Hills app, and you can see the scripture there. If you've got a Bible with you, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels all talk about Jesus, and we're going to see this. We're going to pick up at verse 33 and go to the end of the chapter. We're going to save Mark 16 for next week. Oh, yeah, don't miss that, but we want to see the end of the chapter Today, So Mark chapter 15, if you remember, we left off last week with Pilate handed Jesus over to be crucified. He's flogged, beaten 39 times, 39 lashes with a cat of nine tails. He's taken, carries the cross. Simon of Cyrene carries part of it. Jesus is nailed to this cross. He's put up there at Golgotha, the place of the skull. And last week we saw the importance of Jesus being on that cross. But here, look at verse 33. At noon, darkness came over the whole land. Until three in the afternoon. So you can imagine, I mean, all these people who've come and there's Jesus crucified on the cross and all of a sudden darkness comes over the whole land. I mean, it's dark, middle of the day, darkness comes. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus cries out from the cross. 
When some of those standing there heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Now, Elijah was an Old Testament prophet. He was a prophet, right? He fought the prophets of Baal. He won. He stood for God. He was faithful to God. And in fact, he really didn't die. He was taken up in a chariot of fire. And they were waiting for Elijah to come back. And so they're thinking, he's calling Elijah. Elijah's going to come. And someone ran and filled a sponge with wine vinegar. And they put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. And with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. Jesus died on that cross. There that day, that Good Friday, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And remember, people have come for the Passover. They've come to offer sacrifices there at the temple. And the temple had a, a curtain that was about 60 feet high, right? I mean, it was massive. It was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus, this Roman centurion, saw how he died. He said, surely this man was the Son of God. Can you imagine the centurion, he's, he's watching this happen in darkness over the land. And we know from the other gospels there was an earthquake. The temple veil is torn in two. And this guy's like, yes, he is God. Some women were watching at a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women had come with him to Jerusalem, were also there. And guys, we talk about the disciples a lot, right? The, the 12 disciples who followed Jesus, but there were a lot of women who followed Jesus. There were a lot of women who were faithful, faithful, faithful to Jesus. And right here at the cross, when many of the men scattered, I mean, many of the disciples fled, they ran away, the women were there. They were so faithful, I'm so thankful, man the faithfulness of women in our lives and, and just the impact and the difference and it says it was preparation day that is the day before the sabbath that friday sabbath shabbat saturday so as evening approached joseph of arimathea a prominent member of the council okay guys this guy joseph of arimathea he was a prominent he was wealthy he was a member of the council remember they had the jewish ruling council it was also called the sanhedrin these were the Jewish leaders. They were Pharisees. They were Sadducees. You were wealthy if you were a part of that leadership. The Romans, when they came in and conquered the Jews, they allowed the Jews to rule themselves by the law, right? The Torah, the Old Testament. And so he was a part of that. Remember, these are the ones that handed Jesus over to Pilate to be crucified. But there were believers there. You remember Nicodemus, John chapter 3, he comes to Jesus, right, at night. Well, here's Joseph of Arimathea, and he believed who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. And he went boldly. I love that. You can just kind of underline this. I think Joseph Arimathea is older. He's kind of like, you know what? I know what I believe. I'm following him. And he could have gotten in a ton of trouble. He could have gotten kicked out of the Sanhedrin. He could have lost his job. He could have lost his family. All these things. But he didn't care. He went boldly to Pilate and he asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. And summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus... If Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So this centurion's like, yeah, he's dead. I, I, you know, I put a spear in his side and some blood and water came out. I mean, he's, he's dead on the cross. And a lot of times they would just leave the body up. But Pilate says, Joseph, you can have it. And so Joseph brought some linen cloth, took the body and wrapped him in linen and placed it in a tomb cut out of a rock 
Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Uh, back then, if you were poor, you know, they would just kind of dig a grave right there in the yard and bury you, or they would have massive graves. But if you were wealthy, you could have a tomb cut out in the side of a mountain, and, and there would be a brand new tomb there, and then you would have your family on different levels. They would cut out of the rock and put people in there, and then they would roll a giant stone in front. Uh, we've been to Israel several times, and, and you can go to the garden tomb and see like the, where it would be, this empty tomb in the side of a of the mountain, and there would be like this row where the stone would have been. And so they roll this giant stone. We know from the other Gospels, the Romans put the seal, the Roman seal on the stone. Basically, if you move the seal or the stone, you die, okay? And so, I mean, they put that there. They put guards there, and there's Jesus in the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. So the women are there. They're watching, and they see Jesus put in to the tomb. What I want you to see today is this. It's the grace of God that Jesus was there. It's the grace of God that Jesus died on that cross, and it was for you, and it was for me. If there was nobody else in this world, Jesus came for you. Don't miss this today, because I think when we feel the weight of the sacrifice of Christ, we can come next week, and we can worship. We can celebrate. Never lose the awe and wonder of what God has done for you. Hey, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. If you have a worship guide here, if you're online, you can go in and fill in some blanks. But I want you to see this today. First of all, this. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus paid the price you know, in the world today, like they say, there's no free lunch, right? There's no free, there's really nothing free. I mean, you know, you kind of think it's free, but it's not. I remember several years ago, uh, we went uh, on a cruise, right, with my sister and brother-in-law. And it was for my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. And so, so we went, and, and we had a great time. But we get there. This was back when you could do cruises. It was like, you know, back in the day. And, and we get there, and we go, and we have dinner and it was great, and we eat this, and I'm thinking, this is amazing. And then we go to bed, and at midnight, there's a knock on my door. And I'm like, what is that? And so I get up, and my brother-in-law stand there. He's like, midnight buffet. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we just ate. Like, it's free. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. Let's go. You know, so, and we go. And we're sitting there eating at midnight, you know, or chicken tenders or pizza or whatever it is. You know, and I'm thinking, this really isn't free, okay? I mean, we paid a lot of money to come, you know, and to celebrate. But we think about that, you know, that, oh, a free timeshare. Is it free? Right, you know, it's a free meal. Is it free? You know, there's always a cost. There's always a cost. And we talk about salvation. And we talk about grace. And yes, but there is a cost. It costs Jesus. The sacrifice. He paid the price. He paid it all. Hey, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. Guys, it's not a cheap grace. <laughs> it cost Jesus his life. Look at this. Jesus sacrificed his life for us. He sacrificed his life for us. Now, if you're a parent, right, you, you know you, you would give your life for your kids. There, there's no doubt, right? There's no doubt. Any of us. But would you give your life for somebody who was against you? Would you give your life for somebody who would deny you or would sin? See, we were broken. We were in our total depravity. We were objects of God's wrath in that time. And, and yet Jesus stepped in. 
Jesus said, I'll take your place. I'll pay your price. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. That's what Jesus did for you. Have you ever thought about somebody died for you? They literally gave their life for you. Hey, Jesus' sacrifice shows us how to live. It's a calling for us, right, that it's not just about us. It's for us to live for the glory of God. It's for us to live renewed. It's for us to live and put others before ourselves. It's for us to, to be kind and gracious and caring. And it changes everything. If you look through all the Gospels, right, you can see, you know, how God came to us. But if you look at 1 John, it says this is how we know what love is. How do we even know what love is? I mean, how do we even have a clue? Well, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Love is putting somebody else before you. And that's what we see Jesus did. Hey, make no mistake. And it wasn't Jesus like accidentally got arrested. Like, oh man, they found me. You know? No, I mean, like he walks boldly into Jerusalem. And he comes on the back of a donkey. He's fulfilling prophecy. He's in the middle of the day. He goes and he overturns the the tables in the temple. I mean, Jesus is like right here. This wasn't like he was a victim. This is heroic. This is, I'm coming in in the middle of it all. And at any point, Jesus could have called down angels from heaven and said, stop this. But he didn't. Why? Because of you. Because of you. Because of me. Look, there were seven sayings from Jesus on the cross. If you go back and look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, then you know there's seven sayings. And we saw one here in Mark. But I want you to see all seven. And it's so important to me because when Jesus was crucified, literally, you know, you've got nails in your wrist and on your feet. And for you to speak, you're literally having to push up on the nail. And so, I mean, it's painful, right? The way most people died crucifixion was through suffocation. So, so these are important words. And, and the first thing Jesus says, the first thing Jesus says on the cross is this, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Father, forgive them. Forgiveness? I mean, you think about this. I mean, like, these Roman soldiers mocked him. They beat him. They spit on him. And, and what does Jesus say? Father, forgive them. I think that centurion heard that. Father, forgive them. Forgive them. Guys, as we start Holy Week, is there anybody you need to forgive? Maybe this week is a week that you go, you know what? I've been holding a grudge or some bitterness or some anger against somebody. If Jesus could forgive us, if Jesus could forgive them, we are called to forgive. Is there anybody you need to forgive? Is there anybody who, man, you just, maybe, maybe it's an ex, maybe... It's a boss. Maybe it's somebody who's even passed away, but you have this call. I've got to forgive them. I've got to let it go. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a roommate. Maybe it's a friend. Forgiveness. Second thing we see is salvation. Salvation. Jesus is on the cross, and you've got one thief over here who mocks Jesus. You've got one thief over here who recognizes, hey, wait a minute. This dude's innocent. We should be up here. He shouldn't be. And he looks and he says, you truly are the son of God. Hey, remember me, right? Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, what does he say? Truly, I tell you today that you'll be with me in paradise. Now think about this. Here's Jesus on the cross. He's thinking about salvation for this guy. 
salvation. Right? I want you to think about some things that Jesus said. He says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Not like, hey, when I die, I go to some holding place. No, no, today. Like when you die, if you're a Christ follower, you immediately go to heaven. Praise God. He says, in paradise, I love that. Heaven is paradise. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. But notice the thief on the cross. He couldn't come down off that cross and go and try to atone for his own sins. He couldn't come down and try to do enough good things to earn God's favor. He had to receive God's grace. (laughs) And so do us. All of us. He couldn't come down and, and go get baptized. Baptism is so important. But baptism is like my wedding ring. If I, if I take my wedding ring off, I'm still married. You know, I'm glad. I love my wife. She is awesome. I wear this as an outward symbol of my commitment to her. But this doesn't make me married. My commitment makes me married. And so God may be calling you, hey, be bold. Be baptized. Make that outward statement. But baptism doesn't save us. Baptism isn't salvific. But it's a commitment to Christ that saves you. It's saying Jesus Christ is Lord for the glory of God. And Jesus, in that time, right, he's taking salvation right here. Maybe this Holy Week, God's going to put somebody on your heart to invite the church. Maybe God's going to put somebody on your heart to say, hey, I, I want to encourage you to come. And I know it's a busy week. I know there's a lot going on. There's a lot of things that are happening. you got family and friends. you got people traveling. you got to get stuff ready for the kids and all that. But don't miss in the middle of it that God can use you to make a difference in somebody's life for eternity by inviting them to Jesus. The third word we see in the third phrase that Jesus said is this relationship. Jesus looks from the cross and he sees his mom. I mean, imagine that, Mary watching Jesus die on that cross. And he says, mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. He's looking at John. All the other disciples scatter, but John stays. John, this disciple that Jesus loves, and he says, hey, take care of mom. I mean, he's worried about his mom, right? You know, he's like, make sure she's taken care of Because when I ascend into heaven, right, as women back then, they had very little rights. I mean, now there's no rights. And they need a man to take care. And he says, John, take care of mom. And I pray this week, this Holy Week, maybe you could work on relationships. Showing the people around you that you love them, that you care about them. Spending time praying with them, praying for them. Make this time special. And then we see this, this abandonment. And we just read it. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now in that moment, think about this. Jesus, fully God, but now separated because God is holy. And Jesus takes the sins of the world upon him. Separated. In that moment, oh, feel abandoned. God, where are you? Maybe there's times in your life, or maybe even today, you feel like, God, where are you? I'm going through a tough time. I'm, I'm going through a hardship. And maybe you felt abandoned at times in your life. But I want to tell you, it's not the end of the story. <laughs> I want to tell you that there's this moment, right, where Jesus, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But man, they're going to be reunited really soon, right? As Jesus pays the price. God's timing is not our timing. And there's times that we may go through times that are hard or difficult and wonder where God is. But God is at work in the middle of that. God is at work in your life. God is at work in your story. You hold on to him. You stay faithful to him. Because this isn't the end. There's more to come. Hold on. Jesus says this, this distress. He says, I thirst. And right here we see the humanity of Christ. You know, there's some people who believe that Jesus, fully God, like he walked, he didn't go through all the struggles that we go through. In fact, there's people who would say, Jesus, when he walked, he never left footsteps. 
Like, what? You know, like, like no, he just kind of glided along. Like, no, no, Jesus went through hardships. Isn't it comforting to know that we have a Savior who can identify with the struggles we go through? With the challenges we face, with the temptations we face? Jesus faced it all, right? And yet he did not sin. So maybe this week, this week, just really be confronted with our own sin and saying, Jesus, help. <laughs> I don't want to deal with this anymore. Maybe there's pornography that's got a hold on you. Or maybe it's lying or gambling or, or there's something that's coming in. And Satan's getting a foothold to say, no, 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 no. My sin put Jesus on the cross. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess that sin because there's reunion. It is finished. Jesus is sick saying for the cross, it is finished. Right? I did what you called me to do, Father. I accomplished the mission you had for my life. I pray you and I will accomplish our God-given mission. I pray we would live it out. You know, God's called every one of us. God's given us a purpose for our lives. Live it to the full. This week, kind of reassess. Am I walking with the Lord? Am I headed in the right direction? Am I doing what God's called me to do? Am I on track to bring glory to Him? And then the final one, right? Triumph. Triumph. Oh, I love this. Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Father, it's finished. It's over. Triumph, victory over sin. Jesus paid it all for you and I through Christ. This is a week of triumph. For you and I through Christ, this holy week ought to be a week of joy and celebration because of what God's done for us. Look, Jesus' sacrifice is for all people. It's for all people. You know, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. I want you to see this. The temple curtain separated the Holy of Holies, God's presence. That's where God dwelled in the Holy of Holies from everyone else. If you were to go to worship at the temple, and there's still scales of the temple that you can see, like models there in Jerusalem. You can kind of read the scriptures and understand how the temple was laid out. But you had the outside part was the court of the Gentiles. If you were a Gentile, this is kind of where you could come and worship. The Holy of Holies is over there. You can get here. Then there was the court of women. There was the court of men. Then you had where the priests could go. But in the Holy of Holies, the separated by that giant curtain, 60 feet high, about you know, a foot thick, 12 inches thick, and, and you had God who would reside there because he's holy. right? And in there, you got the Ark of the Covenant. You got the Ten Commandments. And only on one day of year, Yom Kippur, Right? Would the high priest go into the Holy of Holies to make a sacrifice for the sins of all the people? And if you go back to Leviticus 16, there was a goat where they would place the sins of all the people on the head of the goat. It was called the scapegoat. That's where we get the term scapegoat from. So one year, Yom Kippur, that happens. It's a Jewish holy day. But think about this. The temple curtain is torn in two, and it says from top to bottom. 60 feet high, nobody's climbing up there, right, and ripping this thing up. Jesus died, temple curtain torn in two. Why? So God comes to us. Oh, amazing. God invites everyone into a relationship with him through the sacrifice of Jesus. That is for you. You know, when you look here at the story that unfolded that day, you've got women that are there at the cross, and they had hardly any rights back then. You, you've got centurion, Roman soldier there. You've got people who are poor. You've got Joseph of Arimathea, who's very wealthy. Everybody is invited to the cross. 
Everybody, right? It says in Galatians, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Praise be to God. You guys, God made a way for you. And maybe you think, you know what, I'm kind of on the outside looking in. You know, I didn't really grow up in church. I don't know all, all the Bible books. I, I, you know, I don't really know all this stuff. I'm just trying to figure out. Listen, God made a way for you. Maybe you think, man, I've sinned so much in my life. I don't know if God can accept me. I don't know if God can forgive me or God can redeem me. Yes, he can. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. <laughs> Wherever you are, whatever you've done, God is inviting you to his son. Because of this, Jesus' sacrifice makes all things new. It makes all things new. This is a game changer, right? All things new for you and for me. Joseph bought some linen cloth and brought the body and wrapped it in linen and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Because Jesus paying your price, you can be forgiven. The mistakes that we've made, <laughs> Jesus atones for them. The mess-ups in our life, listen, your, your failures aren't fatal. Your mistakes aren't final. Jesus paid the price for you. You can be forgiven by the grace of God. And Jesus died, look, for your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. We don't have to keep coming and saying, oh, I, I sinned again this week, right? I sinned again today. I sinned again. Yeah. We can confess our sins, but Jesus has already paid the price for them all. And so when Satan comes and reminds you and goes, you know, what are you thinking trying to be a spiritual leader? What are you thinking, you know, in your life? You want to have a devotional? You want to pray? What are you thinking about, you know, praying for your kids? You just go, hey, look, Satan, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to what God says. I'm not going to listen to my past mistakes, and I'm not going to let that define me. I'm going to let God define me. And God has forgiven me. God's forgiven my past. He's forgiven my present. He's forgiven my future. I stand clean before him because of the grace of God. And now I challenge and encourage you this. Forgive yourself. <laughs> Don't carry the guilt. Don't carry the shame. If God's forgiven you, and he takes your sins, he removes them as far as the east is from the west, it says God remembers them no more. Don't keep replaying those in your mind. Let this Holy Week be a time that you give it to God and you leave it with God. <laughs> Let this be a time when you are filled with the spirit of grace and forgiveness. And here's the good news, guys. Jesus is not still on the cross or in the tomb. Sometimes we have, you know, a crucifix that Jesus... So he's not still on the cross. And, and, and sometimes we think Jesus is still in the tomb. But I want to tell you, this is only Mark 15. Mark 16 is still to come. There's still one more chapter here, okay? This isn't the end of the story. Listen, the best is still to come. And the best of your life is still to come. Why? Because Jesus paid your price. Jesus became the sacrifice for you. Wow. This ought to be a week. When you and I declare like the centurion, surely he is the son of God. And he is alive. And my life is forever changed because of his grace, because of his mercy. I do pray, I do pray this week that we could feel all that God endured for us. You know, Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he brought his disciples together. And I want to ask you to, to take the communion elements. 
If you're watching online, you can go into the kitchen and get some bread or some crackers, some wine, some grape juice. If you're here and you need the elements, some of the ushers will come around. They'll bring those to you. Just kind of raise your hand wherever you are, and they'll bring that to you. But I want you to see this today. During that Holy Week, this week, Jesus brings his disciples together just like we're right here together today as his disciples. And he shared the Passover meal. Now, if you remember the Passover meal, the Passover meal goes back to Exodus. When the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt, and they had no help, no hope. I mean, literally, they're slaves. The Egyptian army was the most powerful army in the world at that time. And God said, let me fight your battle. Let me be your deliverer. And these plagues started coming against the Egyptians, right? And the last one, God said to the people, gather together as families and, and go get a lamb and sacrifice that lamb and put the blood over the doorpost of your homes. Because tonight the death angel will come. And as the blood covers your house, the death angel will pass over the Passover. And so now the disciples come to share this Passover meal and they're looking around like, Where's the lamb? And Jesus says, I'm the lamb. I'm the lamb. And so he took the bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. For you. Jesus died for you. I mean, if there was nobody else in the world... And you sinned. Jesus would have come and paid the price just for you. Think about that this week. Think about how much you are loved. Think about how special you are to God. That God would send his one and only son for you. Take and eat in remembrance of him. And after supper, he took a cup. And he said, this cup is the, is the new covenant. My blood poured out for you. The blood that covered the doorposts of the homes. Jesus' blood covers the doorposts of our heart. So that the death angel passes over. So that you and I have eternal life. Jesus said, take a drink and remember it to me. For whatever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes Jesus is coming back he's coming back for you he paid the price so that you and I could have eternal life I don't know where you are today in your relationship with God but this holy week I pray you would experience his depth his mercy his love for you his grace and maybe this today is a day of salvation for you you just go Jesus I want you to be the Lord of my life I've made Easter about a lot of other things. I've made it, my mind is already racing with all the things I have to do. But, but Jesus, I want to see you. I want to experience your grace in my own heart. Forgive my sins, redeem me, restore me. Maybe for you, God's calling you to be baptized or take that step of faith. Maybe for you, there's somebody you need to forgive. Maybe there's a relationship you need to concentrate on this week. Bring healing, bring hope. But let's not miss Jesus, because he died for you.
I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just a moment. Right now, what's Jesus saying to you? Would you experience his love, his grace? Right now, would you say, Father, I give you my life. Jesus, I want to be bold. I want to be like Joseph Arimathea. I want to be boldly coming before people this week. I want to be living my life boldly for you. I accept your grace. I accept your sacrifice. Jesus, I'm yours. Maybe for you today, God's put somebody on your heart to forgive or to offer grace, to share his love. So, Father God, here we are, your disciples. At the beginning of this Holy Week, God, we want to we wanna see Jesus. So we know when we lift up Jesus, he will draw all men unto himself. So I pray, Father, that you would speak to us today and this week. That we would understand the depth of your love and grace. The price that was paid. The sacrifice that was made. The hope that we have. Your love and your grace for us. And let us forever be changed. Let us say like the centurion, surely he is the son of God. And he has come for me. Let us experience the triumph of this week as we worship you. In your name we pray and we worship right now. Meet us in this moment, oh God. And change us forever. Thank you for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. If this podcast episode has blessed you in some way, we hope you will tell a friend about us and subscribe so that you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Be sure to explore our other great podcasts like the Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and RH Women's As You Go Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. See you next time and God bless.